Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fella! I'll silver! Aye! The Lone Ranger and Toto rode an uphill trail that led to the Wyoming town of Circle City a few miles away. When they reached the crest of the ridge, they saw a farmhouse burning in the valley. Let's go, Toto. Montsilver! And a monk's count! Racing downhill toward the fire, the masked man and his Indian companion saw a woman lying on the ground in front of the blazing cabin. She struggled to her feet as they brought their horses to a halt. Oh, oh easy, steady, big fella. The woman was young and appeared to be half-blinded by blood that came from a head wound. We'll help you. Not me. Help my husband. Help Tom. Where is he? In the cabin. Oh, please, hurry, get him out. I'll try. Toto, you stay with the woman. The Lone Ranger dashed across the yard and through the open doorway of the smoke-filled cabin. One wall and the roof were burning furiously, and smoke blinded the masked man until he dropped to his hands and knees. Then, seeing a man's body stretched on the floor, he shouted, I see him! Hurry! Hurry! Quick, give us a 
I'll get you out. The flames roared and sparks dropped from the blazing roof as the Lone Ranger half carried, half dragged the limp body across the floor. We're making it. Oh, the door. Here it is. As the roof sagged, the masked man plunged out of the choking smoke, pulling the man alongside of him. Tom! I'm safe now. Just then, the roof gave way and a wall fell in, sending a column of sparks high into the air. Oh, thank heaven. Is Tom... Yes, he's alive. Have me help. We'll turn this man over on his back. Uh-uh. Me take care of him. Are you all right, Mrs... Stay away from me. Don't be frightened by my mask. We're friends. Your voice. I know your voice. You're number one. I'm what? Number one. You tried to murder us. Now you're back to finish the job. We're trying to help you. You came back to make sure of Tom and me. You're going to kill us. We're trying to help you. I don't understand what... You've taken off your robe and you're wearing a mask now. But that doesn't fool me. Your voice gives you away. You're hysterical. I'd wanted your husband to die, but I've brought him from the fire... Would my friend be giving him first aid? Oh, oh, oh the, the Indian's helping, Tom. Seeing the Indian giving her husband gentle and skillful first aid treatment, the woman's terror lessened. As she knelt beside the unconscious man, the Lone Ranger spoke reassuringly. Surely you ought to see now that my Indian friend and I have only good intentions. You seem to have mistaken my voice for that of another man. I, I must have made a mistake. I'm grateful for your help. But are you an outlaw? No. But that mask... People... People call me the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Oh, if I could be sure. Please trust me. Tell me your name. McGill. I'm Cassie, and my husband's name is Tom. You mistook me for someone else. Your voice is the same as that as the leader of the hooded men. Hooded men? Yes. They wear robes and hoods, and each robe has a number on it. For months, they've been robbing homesteaders like us and burning the houses. Mrs. McGill, that bruise on your head needs attention. Oh, that's nothing. It's Tom who needs the attention. Bullet just brush man's head. Him only knocked out. Soon be up. Uh, now we me bandage your head. All right, but I have more to tell. Please go on, Mrs. McGill. Those hooded men, about a dozen of them, came while Tom and I were eating. We didn't hear their horses. They were in the cabin before we knew what was coming. Then... Yes, Mrs. McGill? Number one shot, Tom. The others took what little money we had saved. Then one of them clubbed me with a pistol. After that, they must have set fire to the cabin. Yes, and left us to be burned alive. When I began to get my senses back, I found myself crawling in the yard, and the cabin was burning. Who is... Him coming, too. Tom, darling, don't try to get up. Everything's all right. Cassie, the hooded men... Where are they? Go on, Tom. I thought I heard a... Who's that masked man? We're friends, Tom. Take it easy. You... With a surge of strength that came from fear and fury, Tom McGill rolled and got to his knees. Toto, bending over him, was taken by surprise. What you doing? He snatched a gun from Toto's holster and cried... I'll fix you, number one. No, no, Tom, don't. He isn't number you one. Not He's you not give me that gun. Take it easy, Tom. There. Uh, me got gun. Yes, you've got it. Go on and kill me. Tom, you don't understand. The masked man isn't number one. He saved your life. He pulled you out of the cabin just before the roof fell in. He's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Yes, Tom. Right now, Tom and I want to provide for your comfort and safety. Then we'll try to find those hooded raiders. I'm sure these men are to be trusted, Tom. Well, uh, have you any place to go? Any friends? Well, I... I... 
I think Whispering John Woods will take us in. Who is Whispering John Woods? A retired rancher who lives just this side of Circle City in a big white house. He's the biggest landholder in these parts, but he's been good to us and other homesteaders. Whispering John offered to buy us out a while back, but I didn't want to sell. He says the cattlemen at the other end of the valley are to blame for the raids. That's possible. He hates them for it. He's posted a $5,000 reward for the capture of the gang. The federal marshal's holding the money, so if you fellas get the hooded killers, you'll be paid. We're not bounty hunters. All we want is to see justice done. Tell me, why is your friend called Whispering John? He lost his voice a number of years ago. He can't speak above a whisper. Did the raiders take your horses? They must have. The corral is empty. I see you have a one-horse buckboard left. I'll take you folks to Whispering John's place in it by fastening the shafts to my saddle girth and riding silver. You're very kind, mister. And I'm mighty sorry I mistook your voice for a murderer's voice. We all make mistakes, Tom. Now I'll fix up the buckboard so you two will be comfortable during the trip. Mm, what me do? Find the gang's trail, Tonto, and try to follow it. When I come back, I'll follow you. You mm, savvy. It was an hour later when the Lone Ranger turned his horse into a driveway at Whispering John Wood's ranch house. In the buckboard drawn by Silver, the wounded homesteaders lay on a blanket-covered bed of straw. As the masked man drew rein in front of the wide veranda, the house door opened and a tall man of middle age and dignified appearance stepped out. Cassie motioned toward the masked man. Don't be afraid of him, Mr. Woods. He's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Why is he here? He saved Tom's life and brought us here because we haven't anywhere else to go. We've both been hurt and our house was burned down. I'm so sorry, folks. Was it... It was the hooded killers. Those scoundrels. They should hang. Mr. Woods, will you take care of these unfortunate people? Yes, I'll take care of them. I'm a good neighbor. Good. Easy, said big fella. I'll unfasten the shafts of the wagon and help you folks out. Here, Mrs. McGill, I'll give you a hand. Thank you, Mr. Woods. As Whispering John Woods helped the wounded couple from the buckboard, the masked man released and dropped the shafts, freeing Silver. At that moment, a hard-faced man came out of a bunkhouse on one side of Woods' elaborate home. He approached cautiously, his right hand on a gun butt. Hey, John, what's going on, anyhow? Who's that masked man? It's all right, Skeet. He's the Lone Ranger. He is? What's he doing here? He's after the hooded raiders, Skeet. The ruffians have been riding again. You people might help me by keeping my identity and purpose a secret from now on. Don't worry, mister. Skeet is Mr. Wood's foreman. A good, dependable neighbor like the rest of us. Sure thing. We'll all keep mum. I hope so. Oh, mister. Yes? I'd like to talk to you privately. Oh, what about? I have some information for you, but it'll take time to get it together. Will you come back here at midnight? Yes, I'll be here. Easy. Adios, friend. Goodbye, Goodbye. Mr. Meanwhile, Tonto followed a trail that would have been invisible to most people. He frequently had to dismount and examine the hard ground on hands and knees to determine the route taken by the raiders. It was late afternoon when the Lone Ranger, following Tonto's trail, overtook his Indian friend. Tonto stood beside Scout and held a horseshoe in his hand. Where did you get the horseshoe, Tonto? Me find it here on trail. Oh? 
and me sure it come from one of Crook's horses. Have you followed their trail this far? Uh-huh. Gang split up a long trail. Yeah. One go one way, one another. Here, only three men ride together. And we'll concentrate on the prints left by the hoof without a shoe. Not easy to follow. All right, bring the horseshoe with you. Uh, he got it. Easy, easy fella. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scalp. Presently, the Lone Ranger and Tonto followed only one horse, the one that had lost a shoe. The two men rode through a cedar forest and suddenly drew rain. From the shelter of trees, they peered into a cleared space where they saw a shack and near the door, a man preparing to shoe a horse. It's a line shack. Cattlemen always keep nails, tools, and horseshoes stored in such places. Him must be man we follow. But he'll not wear robe or hood now. Easy, steady, big fellow. All right, dismount, Tonto. Uh, easy, Scotty. And what we do? We leave the horses here and close in on that man. Uh, me see if shoe fit horse. Busy examining his horse's hoof, the man did not look up until the Lone Ranger and Tonto were within a few paces. Then he exclaimed, A mash man! An engine! I'll reach for a gun. Raise your hands and keep them high. Oh, it's you. For a minute, I thought you were an ordinary owl hoot. Who do you think I am? <laughs> you can't fool me, Chief. You're number one. I'd know your voice anywhere. Hey, you're smart to wear the mask instead of the regular outfit when you ride across the plains. The robe and hood are easy to spot. Take your gun, Toto. Uh -huh. Hey, why are you disarming me? me got Where did you lose the horseshoe? Between here and the McGill place. If that's why you came here... We found a shoe. I, it's probably mine. Me see if it fit. No, Chief, I know the rule about not leaving evidence, but a man can't... Steady, fellas, steady. A man can't help it when his horse casts a shoe. What about it, Toto? It's just right size. All nail holes in the same places. That shoe could hang you. No, 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 not that. Don't make me stand trial by the gang. I don't want to be hanged for something that wasn't my fault. Have a little mercy, number one. I'm not number one. You're in better hands than his. Not number one? Then who are you? That doesn't matter to you. What matters is that you can be jailed, tried, and convicted in the McGill case on the strength of that horseshoe and what you've told us. Uh, you're a lawman. Look what me find in Fuller's saddlebag. A white robe with attached hood. The robe has a figure ten on it. So you're number ten in the gang. That makes more evidence against you. Tie hands, Toto. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
now to continue. At the end of the trail, the Lone Ranger and Tonto captured one member of the hooded gang. After tying his hands, the masked man said, You're going to face trial. I'll never have a chance. Number one will kill me. What's your name? Ben Boyd. I live in town. I'll do anything if he'll keep number one from killing me. You'll be safe only if he's in jail. I'd help you get him if I could, but Who I... is number one? I don't know, mister. Honest, I don't. Nobody in the gang ever saw his face on a raid or at a meeting. All I can tell you is that he has a voice like yours. But now I can tell there's a difference in your style. What's the purpose of your raids? Everyone shares in the cash we get. But the real purpose is to drive out the nesters. When a homestead is driven out, one of us proves his claim on the land. Gets the title, and number one buys it from him. I don't know what he does with the land. When does the gang meet again? Uh, tonight at 10 o'clock. We meet near the top of Gowdy's Hill. That's it over yonder. You have a password? Yes. Tonight is Victoria. If you've lied, you'll pay. Uh, I've told you the truth, mister. We'll see. Die and gag him, Tonto. Uh -uh. We leave him inside the shack for the federal marshal to pick up later. At ten that night, twelve men met in a moonlit hollow near the top of Gowdy's Hill. Some came on horseback, some on foot. But all wore hoods and robes, and each robe bore a red number sewed on the front. No one suspected that number ten was the Lone Ranger, who had made use of Ben Boyne's regalia to attend the secret meeting. Number one faced the others and spoke in a voice like that of the Lone Ranger. After a preliminary business, he said, Ben, when I said the McGills could not be frightened into leaving their land, I was right. Well, that's why we left them to die in the fire. They didn't die. They were rescued by the Lone Ranger. Well, what? From sources I shall not reveal, I've learned that Whispering John Woods is harboring the McGills and intends to help them fight us. And the Lone Ranger intends to fight us. The Lone Ranger will be at Woods' home at midnight to get information and evidence to use against us. Well, let's get them all. Let's hang the lot and burn Woods' place. Sure. Quiet. I want you to raid Whispering John's house at midnight. Capture the Lone Ranger and the McGills. Why not kill them? I want you to kill them. Not at Whispering John's place. Take them somewhere out of town before you kill them. Leave Whispering John and his property unharmed. What for? He's trying to get us. I'll take care of him myself when the right time comes. Right. Do you say so? Meet here tomorrow night at 10 for reports and instructions. The password will be Ranger. Ranger. I'm leaving now. You watch one another, see if the rules of this organization are obeyed. Remember, no one is to leave here until I've been gone for half an hour. That's all. Easy there, boy. Easy. Get up there. Get up. A half hour later, when the men dispersed with plans to reassemble just before midnight, the Lone Ranger hurried down the hill to a secluded spot where Tonto waited with the horses. As he hurriedly put the hood and robe into his saddlebag, he told about the murder plans. Then Tonto said, Sabi. How do you think number one know about you and McGill's? One of the men in the gang is Whispering John's foreman, a fellow named Skeet. I recognize his voice. Skeet knows about us. He probably passed the information on to number one. Oh. And what do we do now? We go to Whispering John's place and hide our horses near his stable. While you watch them there, I'll call on Whispering John. Right, easy, sir. Easy, easy, fella. Come up, scout. At 
11 o'clock that night in Whispering John's home, Tom and Cassie McGill had retired to an upstairs bedroom. And Whispering John sat in his large living room reading a newspaper when the Lone Ranger entered. You're an hour too early. Yes, and I didn't take time to rap on the door. There's no time to waste. Something wrong? Yes, the hooded men are coming. They want me and the McGills. We still have time to get the young homesteaders to town where the marshal can protect them. We can stand off the scoundrels here. No, your own men can't be trusted. Your foreman belongs to the gang. You'd be endangering yourself. I can't believe we it. We haven't time to argue. Where are Tom and Cassie? Upstairs in bed. Come this way. Right. Rising from his chair, Whispering John turned his back to the Lone Ranger and walked slowly toward a side door while stealthily drawing a gun from a shoulder holster. He turned suddenly. Raise your hands. You. Get him up. Taken wholly off guard, the masked man obeyed. You, you're number one. Finally found it out, eh? Lower one hand slowly and unbuckle your gun belt. Let it drop to the floor. You can't get away with this. I've been getting away with it for a long time, and no one, not even my foreman, has suspected me. Drop the gun belt. It seems there's a traitor in my gang. Who told you the men were coming here to get you and the McGills? You'll not learn that from me. I'm in no hurry. You'll be persuaded to talk when my men arrive. The sudden surprising revelation called for a quick revision of the masked man's plans. He knew that he must act before the hooded terrorists arrived. Any move he made would be a desperate gamble, but there was everything to gain and nothing to lose. As he calculated the distance to the man who held the unwavering gun, he was hardly conscious of John Wood saying, Now take off that mask. Did you hear me? I said take off that mask. The Lone Ranger set himself to drive low at John Wood's knees, hoping the bullet that was sure to come would pass over his body. So you'd like to know my identity. Well, to find out, you'll have to kill me. Number one's legs were swept from under him from the force of the masked man's charge. While on the floor, he fired again. The shot went wild. I'll kill you. The Lone Ranger swung his right fist. The blow struck John Wood's stomach. Here's another. It was a knockout blow straight to the chin. As the Lone Ranger took John's gun, then picked up his gun belt, Tom and Cassie rushed into the room. What's the shooting? We heard Cassie. John's on the floor. Whispering John Woods is your number one man. We heard his voice. He was having me hear gunplay. Yes, Toto. Number one nearly got me. You're wounded. Your shoulder. It doesn't bother me. I'm sure it's only a scratch. Whispering John on floor. He's number one, Toto. Tie and gagging before he regains consciousness. Uh-huh. The Lone Ranger buckled on his gun belt and explained what had happened while he searched the room. Tonto did an effective job of binding the unconscious outlaw. He had just finished tying a gag in place when the masked man drew a hood and robe from a table drawer. Here's what I've been looking for. A hood and robe. Number ones. What we do now, Kimasabi? We'll carry John into the next room. Tom, you take his gun and guard him. Whatever you say. I'll help you, Tom. I'll wear number one's regalia and meet the rest of the gang. And what me do? Hurry to town, Toto. Tell the federal marshal everything. Tell him Lone Ranger here? Yes, tell him if he'll bring a posse and surround the house, he might be able to capture all of the outlaws. It was shortly before midnight when the Lone Ranger, hooded and robed as number one, heard horses stop outside. He opened the door, saw the costumed gang dismounting, and called, Come on in, men. Well, it's number one. We didn't expect to find you here like this. Come in. I'll explain everything. Men, the McGills and Whispering John are where I wanted them. What about the Lone Ranger? 
You'll meet him later. Number 10 isn't here. No, he couldn't get here. He's tied up. But there's somebody here who doesn't belong to the gang. What's he talking about? How are we going to find him? I'll find him. But I'll not risk being shot. Now, all of you, I'm up against the long wall. What? Unbuckle your gun belts and let them drop. And remember, any man who makes a false move gets a bullet. I'm watching you. That's it. Now, take off your hoods and robes. I'll soon see who doesn't belong to the gang. At that moment, the Lone Ranger, who was the only man in a position to look through the front windows, saw Tonto on the veranda. The Indian grinned and signaled. Then Skeet said, Well, number one, we're all unhooded. Do you see anyone who don't belong? I'll show you the man. Holding a gun in his right hand, the Lone Ranger raised his left and removed the hood. Here he is. The masked man, the Lone Ranger. Stand still, get your hands up. Freeze, you polecats! One move, we shoot. Look, the federal marshal. And a posse. You're covered from every window. Don't shoot till we give up. Come in, you deputies. Gather up the guns and handcuff them. We'll take care of them, Marshal. We're covering the polecats. While the terrorists were being handcuffed, the Lone Ranger pulled off the robe and called to Tom McGill in the adjoining room. Tom, uh, free the prisoner's ankles and remove the gag. Then bring him in here. A moment later, Tom and Cassie McGill entered the living room with John Woods. Whispering John! He led the gang, Marshal. Even his men didn't know who he was, though they knew his voice. That's why he spoke in a whisper while pretending to be an honest rancher. I see it all now. Tom and Cassie McGill and a confessed member of the gang named Ben Boyne, whom you'll find in the Cedar Line camp, will supply you with enough evidence to convict Woods and the others. Mister, you cleaned up the worst gang in the West. I can't figure why these men bothered stealing what little they could get from the homesteaders. We thought the cattlemen were trying to drive us out. John Woods wanted people driven from their homesteads before they could acquire a legal title. Then members of the gang proved the homesteads and sold them for a song to their leader, not knowing he was whispering John. I think you'll find he owns a lot of property under several different names. Well, there must be a way for the homesteaders to get back their land. When the law gets through with these crooks, there'll be justice done and damages paid. Now, Tonto, our work here is finished. Now, wait. Yes? John Woods thought he'd be smart and prove that he was a friend of the homesteaders by posting a $5,000 reward for the capture of the crooks. Tom and Cassie McGill are the ones mainly responsible for the capture of the gang. But, mister, we didn't do Well, I'll admit that they're next in line after you and Tonto. We never accept rewards. Tom, does he mean that... He means that you folks get $5,000 of John Woods' money. Thank you so much, much. mister. You're more than welcome. Adios. Goodbye. Goodbye. Tom, Marshal, I just can't believe it. Folks, from now on, this part of the country is going to be a good place for good people to settle. Thanks to the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, and directed by Fred Flowerday. Tonight's drama was written by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.